Ignition sequence start. See, Elijah Wan has David Robinson just bamboozled. Kelly out of the corner for three hitters. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. Yeah! Oh! Thompson steps right, shoots for the win of three, and got it! I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm one of your hosts today, Zach Zola, and you can find me on Twitter at, at @zachzola1. And I'm your second host, Britt, and you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robotista. That's B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. And be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Well, Britt, after we uh, spoke after game one, I didn't really expect to be here with you today after game six leading into a game seven. Um, Rockets dropped to the Oklahoma City Thunder last night, 104 to 100. You know, initial reactions, what are your thoughts? What, what was the, why did the Rockets lose last night's game? I think the biggest thing for me is that I feel disappointed I think would be the best phrase and I've been saying that since last night Um, they had their opportunities to win and a lot of it has to you know focus on the turnover issues that were consistent throughout the game and ultimately was the cause of the loss when they were tied 100 to 100 um, with the Thunder Um, but just in general just a feeling of disappointment that they had that opportunity to finally get over you know Chris Paul and the Thunder but they were unable to do so Um, the one thing I am very happy about is that there is one more opportunity for the team to secede and um, you know get over the first round and not just get you know have a um one and done, um, as everyone has assumed that they've had the last several years, but haven't. Um, but we'll definitely see. We'll, we have, um, you know, right now we just have, uh, I, I would say, about 30 hours from the time we're recording before that happens. So hopefully we'll have a more um, happier outcome after the game on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just disappointed. I'm, I'm a little bit, like, furious after last night that we're in this position again the Rockets just find new ways to destroy my confidence in the team every single year it's like we're living in some sort of simulation and they've put the worst possible circumstance against the Rockets now for them to lose this series I mean losing to Chris Paul would be the gut punch of all gut punches and the Rockets have somehow found themselves in a position where that is a very high possibility going into a game seven. And let's keep in mind, this is a series in which the Rockets have outscored the Thunder by a total of 43 points, meaning their average margin of victory is very high and their average margin of loss is very slim. Yet the series is tied 3-3. I think there are a lot of reasons why this has happened. Um, 
and we can get into who is most to blame for, for the three losses, specifically last night's. But I think a lot of it comes down to D'Antoni and his rotations and his inability to adjust to in-game situations. How do you feel about D'Antoni's response to Oklahoma City's runs throughout throughout last night and throughout any of the other losses so far? So um, I guess I would have to say that I'm actually a little bit more optimistic. Um, but I will say that D'Antoni has had a lot of faults, especially I would say the end of the fourth quarter. I think that definitely caused the Rockets to lose the game. So I would say that, you know, for the most part, that is on D'Antoni to ultimately, you know, get to that. And the part that I'm talking about is, um, I guess we probably need to talk about that last possession that the Rockets had, or the last full possession that wasn't, you know, three throws by Chris Paul or by um, Gallinari. Um, The possession where, uh, for whatever reason, I am not sure why, D'Antoni allowed for Russell Westbrook, if I can say his name correctly, to have possession of the ball when the entire game Westbrook had had issues with um, turnovers and not just like, you know, turnovers as a result of the other team, um, you know, um, picking um, his pocket or something like that, just unforced turnovers. It didn't make sense whatsoever for Westbrook to have that ball at that time when Harden, you know, he did have a couple of unforced errors in that aspect, um, but Harden was having a very um, good night. Um, and for Westbrook to have that last possession and to, you know, basically throw the ball away when he was trying to pa- pass the ball over um, to Covington, that was just the part that was very much another part of the disappointment is that they were tied. They had the ability to get the ball over to, you know, they are, um, our PJ Tucker was open in the corner and all they really needed to do is to throw that, you know, get the ball to a good spot so that Tucker or potentially Harden had a chance to, um shoot the ball but instead they um Westbrook you know spent like four seconds and threw the ball away and basically threw the game away so I I think that's the biggest part of my disappointment um what are Mm -hmm. you thinking yeah I mean let's call it how it is Russell Westbrook had no business being in the game late in the fourth quarter the Rockets went up 98 to 92 after being down after uh, I think it was a Baisley three they were down about eight and then they went on a great run got up six points Russell Westbrook comes back in the game. Suddenly the Thunder are back up too. Westbrook had a truly terrible game, especially for his standards. And I don't want to hear that he's rusty because I don't know if he was rusty. He was, he looked fine driving to the rim. He had a couple of decent drives and he was attacking well game five and game six. It was just, he was making lazy passes Aaron passes, which is just so uncharacteristic from him. That's just, he wasn't in the flow of the game at all. I don't know why he was in the game. And I certainly don't know why he was handling the ball after the free throw. And I just think that either D'Antoni should have called the timeout after Chris Paul's made free throw or give the ball to Harden and, you know, live or die with a made or missed step back three. I, even if he misses, at least we gave ourselves a shot at it in that scenario rather than just an off pass to Covington straight out of bounds. 
I mean, Harden barely touched the ball in the last couple minutes. Russ had the ball in his hands most of the time, turned it over a few times, you know, missed some shots, missed some plays. Uh, why didn't Harden have the ball in the last few minutes? I honestly, I don't know. Um, I was, you know, we were both on Twitter last night and discussing this in, you know, painstaking detail and I, I think one of the things that I think Roosh and oh, I, I don't remember who else brought up um, in the chat that we have is that uh, it seemed like Pardon was passive or at least that's what they were saying and I, I don't necessarily agree with that um, but I would have to you know I think that Harden had the opportunity to take over in the last few minutes and he had the opportunity to, you know, say to Westbrook, like, I need the ball. Um, and that's the one thing where I would say I would fault him in the last couple of minutes is that um, for whatever reason, even though he was playing a very, you know, very good game. Um, let me actually pull up his numbers just so I'm not. Um, misquoting myself you know he played 38 minutes had 32 points uh, seven assists and eight rebounds so he was having a very successful game and playing with them with them and or within within himself excuse me so I, I I just don't know what sort of happened what miscommunication I know that Harden and um, D'Antoni had conflicting sort of views as to the end of the game but the you know I, I guess the bottom line is is that that can't happen in game seven um, if that happens in game seven and they're that close I, I I don't expect that the Rockets can potentially win but as for game six I I, I guess it just goes back to I, I just feel like a disappointment level that sort of is permeating throughout. Yeah, I, 32 points, only had six points in the fourth quarter. I will, to Harden's credit, he made a couple of really nice effort plays. He defended Stephen Adams, or he almost blocked Stephen Adams at one point, defended him on an open layup, and then saved an incredible out-of-bounds playoff of Russ's you know, incredible air ball shot from the free oh, throw line, which was, that was so yeah, cool. that was a great moment for Westbrook adding to his list of achievements from game six, but no, I Harden, I have been the biggest James Harden fan for the last eight years, ever since 2012, when he joined the Houston Rockets, I have defended him countless times, but Watching the playoffs this season has given me a little bit of pause. Um, just, la just the night before the Rockets game, I'm, I'm watching Nuggets Jazz, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, both going for 40 points, 50 points. Jimmy Butler in the game before the Rockets game last night goes off for 40 on something ridiculous like 12 of 13 shooting. A couple nights before, Luka Doncic has the hero three-point shot to, to kill the Clippers. James Harden throughout his time as a rocket, despite all the amazing moments he's given us, he's never had that glory game. And just one time I want to see him absolutely take over in a fourth quarter. We know he's capable of it. He does it in the regular season on a nightly basis, but I just want to see him take over. Like why is Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray deleting playoff scores? Why can't that be James Harden? Do you have any answers for why he couldn't have been that last game or, or in any of the other losses? So um, I'm in, I have mixed thoughts about it. I think that one, 
Um, I know that he may not necessarily be online all the time. In fact, I know he barely is online all the time, but I feel like he sort of takes the opposite philosophy of what he does during the regular season. He wants to get everyone involved. Um, and that definitely helps out. I feel like during games one and two, when he was facilitating and he was playing, you know, very well, that allowed them to do that. But during the three losses that the Rockets have, have had so far, it has been to his detriment. So the question is going to be for this game seven is if he is going to allow himself to take over. You're right when you say that. Um, Harden has to, you know, he has for better or worse gotten this reputation that he, you know, does outstanding during the regular season, but then is a quote unquote choker during the off or during the postseason. And I haven't really seen that per se. I think the only time he really, you know, choked was the San Antonio series, you know, a couple, a few years ago at this point. But for yeah. the most part, he has been a really good player. But this game um, and the series is going to, you know, and, and I think we'll talk more about um, game seven in the second segment. So I don't want to get too much into my thoughts about it. But in general, I, I, I think the last um, three losses have shown that when he defers too much, that risks the Rockets to have – you know, to lose, um, quite frankly. So he is going to have to take it on to himself to push this team through. I'm not necessarily going to say that they have a chance to blow out the Thunder um, for Game 7, but I would probably feel a lot better if the score was like, you know, if they were up by 20 points by the third quarter or something like that. I, I think it's going to have to be him, you know, taking charge and taking over, um, you know, by any means necessary, um, even that if that's sort of, you know, taking over a lot of what Westbrook is doing during the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. James Harden is never has been a, a quote-unquote choker other than that one Spurs game. But he's also has never overblow expectations in the playoffs, which, which you see a lot of players doing. And he just needs to have – he just needs to have his moment in one of these fourth quarters where he just – you know, you put the ball in his hands and, and let him go to work. Like I said earlier, if he misses a step back three in the last possession of the game, I can almost live with that just because it shows that, that he's going to give it a chance and, and he's our best player and, and we're going to put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. But with, with Westbrook having the ball, you just, you just lose that ability, especially with the way that he was playing. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think – what what positives from the game are there that that you think the Rockets can build on going forward? Yeah, I think the first thing is that their defense has definitely steadied. So, I mean, 104 points is probably one of the lowest scores that wasn't a loss a loss for a team that the Rockets have are you know that um, has happened in the playoffs so far. So, I think that you know. Um, unlike the previous two losses, they were able to, you know, keep in the game most of it. It didn't seem like they were going to get, you know, blown out or they had no chance of getting back to, into it. Um, there was a, you know, sort of stretch, um, I think, 
mid third or maybe it was early fourth quarter. Um, it was around the time when um, Dort had that eight zero run for some oh, random reason, which is an... frustrating. Uh, <laughs> and, I can't believe that. Yeah. No, so I think that was um, the point where uh, he was able to at least, or the team was able to um, at least, you know, keep in the game defensively and offensively to a certain extent. Um, and the other thing, too, is that um, Covington, his shot has returned. Um, I ha- didn't look at his latest stats, but he's definitely over 40% for the series, and he had a number of outstanding shots Um last night um also just i think in general i felt that they had that urgency it was just that errant pass by westbrook i I think that they had a plan in mind when it came to that final shot and if that pass wasn't errant they probably did have an opportunity for either tucker or for harden to take that um, shot before you know Gallinari's um, three throws so I, I would say that you know I, it the one or I, I know that we were talking about the positives but the one negative is that the the I can't even say it but the turnovers just made that, that was the one thing that infuriated me is that we know that if they have more than 14 and a half turnovers that they're going to lose and when they had that 15th turnover um, early in the four, fourth quarter that's when I felt like oh there's a chance that they're going to lose this game and even though they fought back then they ultimately lost so um even though there, you know, there were quite a bit of positives, it's just those like few negatives that just caused the game to get out of the or to fall out of their hands. Like they literally had it in their hands; they had an opportunity to at least go to overtime, and it just like dropped. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, twenty-two turnovers, which is just the exact opposite of what small ball is supposed to accomplish. Small ball is supposed to, you know, enhance ball security, which is just something that none of the Rockets had last night. I, you know, we singled out Westbrook, but Harden had five turnovers. I think Eric Gordon had at least five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So all over the place, the Rockets just looked out of sorts on offense. You're right. The defense was, was really solid. Um, But the Rockets, the Rockets are going to win games through their offense and they need their offense to be clicking. We're going to talk a little bit more about this game in the second segment. And we're also going to preview game seven and how this game could impact the legacies of D'Antoni, Westbrook, Cardin, and the Rockets in general. Coming up. Support for this podcast comes from AT&T. 5G from AT&T is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. So should you switch? Well, historically, those were the reasons new tech was adopted. Neanderthals saw that fire heated things fast and made their caves secure from rampaging woolly mammoths. The ancient Romans saw that the aqueducts were a reliable and fast way to transport water, so they stopped carrying water jugs on their backs and adopted them nationwide. Oh, and uh, 1800s Victorians saw electricity light up rooms fast and be more reliable than candles blowing out, so they stopped bumping into walls and made it nationwide. Today is no different. Switching to AT&T 5G is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, historically speaking, it's smarter than candles, water pots, and hungry dinosaurs. AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan may not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
And we're back in here at the Launchpad, presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're about to discuss Game 7 of the Houston Rockets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, as well as the implications of a potential win or loss. So, Zach, we were mentioning in the last segment that the team had a relatively disappointing game versus the Thunder, and now they are at a must-win Game 7 that will most likely affect the legacies of not just... Um, Mike Dan and Tony, but also Russell Westbrook and James Harden. What are your thoughts about um, you know what they can potentially do in Game Seven, as well as what the consequences of a win and loss could be? Oof, that's a lofty question right now. I mean, is it is it crazy to say that this is the the biggest game of any of their any three of their careers, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Mike D'Antoni, or? What do you think about that statement? I would say yes and no. So um, I think the, well, I would say for D'Antoni, it definitely is because um, I I think we all know that if he does, if the Rockets do lose this game, and I hope that they don't lose this game, but if they do, most likely D'Antoni will be out as coach of the Rockets. And um, unfortunately, because of his age, um, he probably won't have an op- uh, another opportunity to, you know, get to the NBA Finals. So for him, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, for Russell and Harden, I think that they have some. Uh, I-, I think they their window is open still a little bit, um, but with the um, with the Dallas Mavericks and with the Memphis Grizzlies playing as well as they did during the, the seeding games and for the Mavericks for the playoffs that they, you know, mostly recently lost in six. I think that that window is going to be a sliver at this point. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah. I, at the end of the day, this is an absolutely huge game for the Rockets. It, it means so much to the legacies of these guys and the way that they're going to win is just mental toughness. They need to come out fighting for their playoff lives, which is, which is what's on the line in their, in their legacies, their individual and collective legacies from the jump. They need to control the pace, lock in on defense and make open shots. They, they can't get complacent. And that starts that to me, that starts with Mike D'Antoni and then it's on James Harden and Russell Westbrook to, you know, steady the team. If the Oklahoma City Thunder make a run, um, you know, keep control of the ball, stabilize the offense. It's it's really um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook just need to come out with a sense of urgency. Hopefully, Russ is able to play fully healthy. I think after Game Six, he said something about he might still be on a minutes restriction or he's not feeling a hundred percent yet, but either way, even if he's not playing, he needs to bring that energy from the bench um, and just give these guys a little boost. Cause right now they need it more than anything. Um, they need to get rolling. I agree. And um, I know I probably sounded a little bit more pessimistic during the first segment, but I would have to say that, Yes, they had a really rough game, especially during the fourth quarter, but I didn't see things that they couldn't correct. 
first of all, the turnovers that they had, those were, a lot of those were just unforced errors. There weren't things that um, the Thunder were doing like exceptionally well that was causing for the Rockets to, you know, turn over the ball. A lot of it was the same things that had them, you know, uh, ultimately lose game three and game four. So that that's one thing where I can see if, you know, um, one of the stats that I saw after the game is that the Rockets had 22 turnovers and um, as a result, the Thunder had 21 points. So imagine mm-hmm. if they cut that in half, the Rockets would have been, you know, comfortably in the lead. So those are, you know, those tiny things like that. Um, like you said, they need to have their mental toughness needs to be there, but then they also have to have mental awareness to make sure that they don't mess up and they don't make, you know, silly and foolish mistakes that then snow pile to eventual loss. Um, and that's, I think that's just the main goal for them is that they, they, they have the talent to win over this Thunder team. Yes. You know, Chris Paul is the point God and, you know, we can all talk about, and it has been talked about for months that, um, or since the beginning, you know, since the trade that, you know, Chris Paul has this mental IQ over Westbrook, but ultimately the team has a, you know, the Rockets have the talent. Now they just need to show that that talent can overcome the thunder. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points, but I just think that everything you said is what makes this series all the more brutal. I mean, everyone knows that the Rockets are a better team than the Thunder. You know it. I know it. Probably everyone on the Thunder knows it, except for maybe Chris Paul. Um, but it, so the Rockets have the talent, and they've, you know, they've outplayed the Thunder. They've, they've won the games by a huge margin, as I talked about in the first segment. This series shouldn't be 3-3, and that's what scares me. It's, what scares me is the fact that the Rockets have had three decent-sized leads in the second halves of each of their losses, and they've squandered them all in absolutely horrible fashion. Uh, I, I don't want to necessarily talk about what that means for a potential championship run um, because I know that the Thunder are a tough team in the clutch and the Rockets might fare better against other teams in clutch situations. But just solely in this game seven, I'm worried about going up against Chris Paul one more time. I, do you think we have what it takes to, to beat him? I think we do. I think the Rockets have that, um, have the opportunity. And I think a lot of it is really going to come down to, you know, like you said, Dan Tony's um, coaching as well as Russell and James Harden. Um, ultimately it's going to be up to those three to make a decision on whether or not they want to, you know, continue on for a potential championship or, you know, go fishing and have the entire league basically mock the, you know, the franchise for the next, however long, you know, until the next season starts, which we really don't know when that's going to happen. So it's going to ultimately be up to them. Like, I don't, I can't say whether or not at this point they are going to win or lose because, um, you know, I made a prediction before game six that they were going to win and they ultimately did not. So I'm not going to make a prediction again, but I will say that I think that, you know, unlike, um, you know, some people who have, you know, sort of 
definitely um, said that the Rockets are going to lose. I, I don't think it's going to be them laying down. I think they know the importance of this game. And I think they, you know, they genuinely like each other. So I think they're going to fight tooth and nail. Um, but of course, the Thunder are going to fight just as hard as well. I hope you're right. But at the end of the day, when have we seen that from the Rockets since the last time that I've seen the Rockets, you know, really fight in a playoff game. I think I can count on one hand. I think it's been two times in game six against the Clippers and probably game five against the Warriors 2018, which was the game that Chris Paul got injured in. Other than that, I can't remember a time that this Rockets team with James Harden has shown that mental toughness to win a game when they needed to. They've only won one game seven in the James Harden era, I believe. Um, so what, what makes you think that tomorrow will be any different? I think it's, you know, basically the stakes. Yes, I definitely agree with you that they have had moments where they haven't been able to secede in, you know, in um, must-win situations. But I, I would have to disagree with you that I have seen them fight. So, for instance, in game six, that one moment where Russell Westbrook, you know, airballed the, you know, that shot that potentially would have brought, um, gotten uh, the team up by two late in the game. Um, Harden, when he, you know, basically saved the ball and knocked it off of, was it um, Adam's leg or? Yeah, oh, Gallinari. Yeah, Adam, yeah, Gallinari's leg. I think that was a like a moment where, we hadn't really seen Harden do that too often. And I think if the Rockets had won that game, he would have been seen as the, you know, the one who mm-hmm. led them. Um, so, and I also saw that, you know, throughout the game, P.J. Tucker was screaming at the team. And when they were down by eight points, um, you know, late in the uh, third early in the fourth quarter and they recovered to you know tie the game those were those are moments that we didn't haven't really seen the team do and yes they did lose ultimately but it wasn't because of a lack of fight or just allowing for the other team to um to come through um you know going back to um the 2018 playoffs versus the Warriors, those two games, game six and game seven, um, after Chris Paul was injured, it wasn't like they were blown out. It feels like they were blown out because of, you know, the disappointment, but ultimately they were being successful. And at the end of the day, they just weren't able to do it. So I would say that, you know, the one time where Harden didn't do that was that game six versus San Antonio um, going back to that again but ultimately speaking I, I think that they have that ability to do it the mm-hmm. question is is you know if they're I, I think that they have every single motivation possible to do it now we just have to see you know how it goes and you know hopefully um they just don't have those mental errors that allow them to have that slip through their fingers. Yeah. I, I guess it's just years of being a Rockets fan is why I feel so deflated right now, but you're, but you're right about this team. They did show fight Harden did show fight on those couple of plays last night and PJ Tucker too. I think this team other than past Rockets teams is one where I trust a lot of the, periphery guys is toughness more so than I have in years past. You know, PJ Tucker, I, 
I will ride with forever. Robert Covington, I trust him. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He's had a couple of bad moments this series, but really played a nice game in game six. Daniel House has been a stud all bubble, um, and I trust him to, to bring that toughness for game seven. Eric Gordon, uh, okay, I guess I might have to stop now when I get to Eric Gordon. Uh, can we talk about Eric Gordon for a second? What, yeah. what, do you, what do you make of his playing time? Do you think he should still be in the starting lineup right now, or what's, what's your take? I think that most likely D'Antoni is going to keep him in the starting lineup, unfortunately. I think realistically, and if D'Antoni was going to be honest with himself, he probably should have House in the starting lineup, but he won't for whatever reason. Um, Gordon has had good moments. He has been driving to the into the lane and making most of his shots pretty well, um, but he was one of the main contributors to the turnover issue. So he had... Uh, four turnovers which was the most outside of Harden and Westbrook and that cannot happen that period Um, he has to uh, I think D'Antoni has to have a short lease with him if he starts or if he doesn't at this point I don't care but um, D'Antoni has to have a short lease as soon as he looks like he's starting to bumble his way and have these like erratic turnovers D'Antoni needs to pull him out of the game like period like no questions asked um that that's the really the bottom line because I trust um yeah so I'm looking at the stats now um Green had three turnovers and but I feel like he sort of recovered after a few um errant threes um And I think that, like you said, House has been an absolute stud this entire entire first series, and hopefully more than one series, if I'm saying first. (laughs) So um, I think ultimately when it comes to Gordon, he needs to either, you know, play well, minimize his turnover issues, um, and – uh, and if he can't, D'Antoni needs to have the mental courage to pull him out as quickly as possible so that they can have the best rotation in the game when it's needed. Yeah, I mean, my main issue is D'Antoni's reason for doing it. I think his reason that he stated is he likes taking out Westbrook and Eric Gordon relatively early, and then they can both come in together when James Harden takes his first seat at about the three-minute mark in the first quarter. But Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook don't really complement each other well, as well as Eric Gordon, James Harden would, or as well as Russell Westbrook and say Ben McLemore would. Eric Gordon would thrive, you know, next to James Harden as that secondary ball handler who can create for himself and hopefully drive to the rim rather than settle for a three. Russell Westbrook needs guys around him that can shoot. That's where I think that you can play Ben McLemore, even though he's been a minus on defense. I think that he's he could be valuable alongside Westbrook in those spots. Yeah, I agree. And I think when it comes to I think Dan Tony is forgetting that Gordon's legs have like completely ran out and he's assuming that he can still shoot and he is not shooting anymore. So 
um, I hope D'Antoni is watching the tape right now as we speak or after they have their practices. I don't know what they're doing at this point. And he sees that Gordon's legs are just like done more or less other than, you know, getting to the rim and that he changes his rotations ever so slightly. Uh, it doesn't have to be a major move. Just have House or someone else in there instead of I know, I know. during those moments. Yeah, it's it's sad. Uh, well, you know, speaking of D'Antoni and and the Rockets in general, if they lose this game, which I know we don't want to think about, but it is a very real possibility. You know, what happens next for for not just D'Antoni but for the team in general? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned in the first segment, I think we sort of alluded to multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think D'Antoni is gone. Um, for I sure. know some people are saying that they're may they may blow up the team i think that's very much unlikely first of all the salary cap situation across the entire league is um very are unknown because of the pandemic of course but just in general the lack of revenue because of the lack of um fans being in attendance of the league losing money as a result of multiple things throughout the season. Um, I don't think that they're going to be teams that are willing to take on the salary that are needed. And for many of the players on the team, Harden, Westbrook, um, Covington, um, Gordon, their contracts are too big to move, um, or at least at this point. So I think a lot of people are saying, oh, the team's going to get blown up. No, that's not going to happen. More like, more than likely is that um, I could see potentially Gordon maybe getting moved mm-hmm. on, um, but I definitely see Rivers having to um, – since he'll be an unrestricted free agent, he's going to be gone. And I think a lot of the smaller pieces that have allowed this team to flourish this season, they're going to be gone. And that's probably going to be just as painful as losing big pieces. So um, I, I think that the biggest issue, um, and if the, you know, if Harden, Westbrook, Gordon House, if the entire team cares about D'Antoni, then they're going to want to win this game because he's going to be gone otherwise. Yeah, not just D'Antoni, but the the integrity of Rockets basketball and what they've worked for for, I guess, five years now, ever since they really shifted to this James Harden point guard model and, and like, scoring at will model. But the issue with, with this team is there's really nowhere else to go at this point. The contracts, like you said, are, are too big. I, I don't know what type of pieces they can offer. They have no young assets and they have absolutely no draft picks at this point because we traded them all for Russell Westbrook. But I am still confident in the, the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade. I still don't think that it was a bad trade, even though it hasn't worked out right now because Westbrook was injured and obviously Chris Paul wasn't injured. But I love – I think that Westbrook does bring out the best in Harden in terms of his mentality and in terms of his focus. I've seen a lot of times this year Westbrook, you know, getting into Harden, which is something that Chris Paul never could do and never could get to Harden. So hopefully that's something that Westbrook is able to do in Game 7 and spur Harden on. But other than that, you're right. Um, D'Antoni would probably be fired and the Rockets wouldn't necessarily have a clear – future moving forward um it's it's disappointing but hopefully we won't have to worry about that at at all and hopefully we win 
game seven. What is your final prediction for tomorrow's game? So I, I don't even want to speculate on like the final conclusion. Um, I, I'm going to hedge and I, I know I'm probably going to get some hate for it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to hedge. So I'm going to say that if the Rockets can, if they have less than, you know, that 14.5 turnovers, then they're going to win. And they may even win convincingly. But if they have those mental mistakes that have sort of echoed throughout the three losses that they've had during the series so far, then they have no chance. Because Chris Paul, he has that ability to take advantage of mental mistakes and mental errors. And that's why the Rockets have lost the, you know, those three games. So so um, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say they're going to win or lose, but if they are, you know, if they get their minds together, they have the opportunity and they have the talent to win. Now, the question is if they're going to do that or not. Yeah, I've, I've been a, a James Harden supporter for so long. I can do it for one more night. I'm going to speak it into existence. This is going to be the James Harden Game 7 win. He's going to crush the Thunder, and he's going to lead the Rockets to a second round birth against the Los Angeles Lakers. That is going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, guest voices, and camaraderie of our team, please consider clicking on the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.